All right, let's go. I want to share with you how you can double your profits in the next 90 days or achieve what you're looking to achieve in your business. And this process is very similar to the process that I follow with clients in their first 90 days working with me as their fractional CMO. I thought that I would just break down the process, share it with you and let you go from uh let you go from there or maybe reach out if you decide to. Links are in the description, of course, if you want to do that. All right. So, you want to double your profits in the next 90 days. You want to transform your business fast. Maybe your goal is not to double your profits. Maybe you just want to launch a new offer or solve whatever challenge you're facing. It's about having an operating system for business success. So we have strategies, we have systems for marketing success, for uh, accounting success, for operation success, for uh, product creation or value delivery success. We have all these systems, but then what is your system for systems? And this system, while I'm specifically talking about, you know, how to grow your business, how to get more leads, customers, sales, and profits, how to like double your profits or whatever your outcome is from a marketing and sales perspective, this system is actually really effective across the board. And you will see more of that as we go. So step one, step one is to find the biggest problem. Uh, this, the idea for this comes from uh, Casey Stanton, who has a book on the fractional CMO method. One of the major maxims behind his whole approach is to solve bigger problems. And I completely agree. I, I hadn't heard it summarized that succinctly, but when I heard that, I was like, yes, that's, that's great. Um, and then the question is how, like, how do you find the biggest problem to solve? So step one, let's find the biggest problem. Start with creating a list. You want to create a list. And I did this in my journal. Um, you can do this uh, in like a team brainstorming session. You could do it in a mind map. You could do it in Workflowy, where I deliver these, uh, you know, where I put my notes to deliver these episodes. But the list is your problems, your challenges, your desires for your business, your unfulfilled opportunities. And here we're primarily going to be talking about things related to, to marketing, to sales, to growing your business, right? Uh, but of course, again, <laughs> the disclaimer, apply this wherever you want. So what are your biggest problems or challenges in your business right now, especially with regards to acquiring customers um, and, and being profitable? So one business, their biggest problem might be generating a bunch of new leads. Like when they actually have someone on the phone who is a good prospect, then they're able to easily convert them. They're able to uh, maximize the lifetime value of that customer, all of those things, but they don't have enough flow of, of current prospects. Maybe they just increase the size of their sales team and they, they are not at capacity yet, right? Another business, it might be that they have, you know, plenty of leads and customers coming in or a sufficient amount of leads and customers coming in, but the, uh, the upsell journey of those particular customers is, is not really there. There's not really a path for them to walk. And so somebody might come in and they might spend a couple hundred dollars, but then have nowhere else to go. And in reality, that you know, the certain ones of those customers could be willing to spend a couple thousand, 20,000, you know, some multiple based on the value that they've already received and their desire to do more business with, with the business. And so you have to, you have to find what are the biggest problems or challenges in your business. If you could wave a magic wand and change one big thing about your business, 
and it would make everything about your personal and professional life more easy, what would that one change be? So we're, we're trying to find desires and maybe it, it's more than one change because at this point we're just brainstorming. Uh, we're trying to get these things down on paper as ideas. What big opportunities do you have for growth if you actively work to seize them? So like one of the great things about this is as soon as you're talking to any business owner or CEO executive in the business, there's usually a ton of ideas. The ideas just aren't getting executed on. They're not getting implemented or it's a vague sense of like symptoms of the problem, but the problem is not clearly defined. And so the solution is also not clearly defined. And, um, and once you could clearly define the problem, prioritize that this is the one that we're going to work on next and, define what the solution is to work on it, well, then suddenly things become a lot easier. So we're going to keep going. Once you have this list of problems, challenges, desires, unfulfilled opportunities, you know, spend some time on it. It doesn't have to be a complete list. You can always add to this list later. Um, but the ones that are really pressing are going to jump out at you as soon as you start to make this list. Uh, so as you have this list, you want to start grouping those and chunking them up. So you might recognize that there's like three separate lead generation problems that you've identified. And there are six se separate problems related to the conversion of leads into customers. And, um, you know, there's a certain number associated with like ongoing communication with your audience, or, you know, maybe there's a customer service issue that's causing a lot of refunds. And maybe that's your biggest problem. And you have a lot of profit opportunity and just retrieving those lost sales, right? So you want to group these and chunk them up to help identify, you know, when I did this, there, there were certainly, there were certainly different problems um, that were all kind of manifestations of the same thing. And what you're hoping to do is identify kind of what the biggest, biggest problems are in your business. And um, as you as you do this grouping and chunking, you're going to want to start to sort. Okay, so we have three, four, five different things that are all tied to this one particular issue. And if we create this problem category for that issue, or you know this bigger chunk of a problem for that issue, then we recognize that if we could fix that one thing, if we could solve that one big problem then we could double our profits or we could achieve whatever outcome desire we wanted to be true in our business. It is the most transformational problem, the biggest problem that we need to solve. So we've gone through this part of the process. Now it's time to go to step two. We need to create a planned solution. And there's lots of ways that you can go about this. Here I'm not actually talking about planning the project. I'm talking about defining the solution. And for this, there's a series of questions that make up the impact filter by, from Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. And I've written articles about the impact filter and I've shared copies of it before and, and so on. I thought, you know, this is a particularly good way to define the plan solution here, right? So with the impact filter, um, what you want to do is you want to answer these questions. Uh, the first one is basically, a, a rewriting of the problem as the solution. So if your problem is um, uh, not enough leads coming in for our sales team, uh, the plan solution would be create a steady source of qualified leads for our, our sales team to have conversations with um, and specifically 
book introductory, you know, create a system to book introductory calls with the sales team, right? So the solution that we're after, like it's, it, we're just flipping the problem statement on its head. What does it look like if there is a solution in place? You know, what if there's a solution in place versus uh, just the problem itself, right? And then what's the purpose? What do you want to accomplish? This is kind of a variation on that, and that's fine, right? You just want to be very clear. I want to accomplish my uh, sales team has their calendars full of intro calls with qualified, or you know, my setters have have their calendars full of uh, intro calls with qualified prospects for our high ticket service. Okay, cool. That's what we want to accomplish. So we have a clear like finish line that we're going after, right? What's the biggest difference that this will make? Okay, what like what's the importance of this particular this the solution that we're going for it should be fairly easy to answer at this point what is the um what's the ideal outcome what does the completed project look like and this should be really just a summary statement we're not trying to get deep into the weeds yet we'll do that in a second but the ideal outcome the completed project that we're going for here is is just a statement of um you know there's a system in place to uh, attract and convert qualified leads to booked calls with our setters on our sales team, right? Okay, cool, ideal outcome. Now here's where we get into the nitty gritty. And this is where you should spend the most time going through this, this process or the, the biggest portion of this process should be spent here. What are the success criteria? What has to be true when the project is finished? So we're, we're outlining all of the different items that have to be in place for this project to be complete. Okay, suddenly, like we're get, getting a lot of clarity about the the type of work that has to be done in order to complete this project to implement the plan solution, right? And so there should be, um, you know, this this is where you're gonna gonna spend a lot of time. But instead of necessarily focusing on this person needs to do this thing, this person needs to do this thing, this person needs to do this thing, we're just defining what all the different elements of the like success criteria the, the the plan solution look like and then just quickly to give ourselves some emotional motivation we're going to look at the bad and the good of this problem either being unsolved or solved so what's the worst result what happens if you leave this problem perpetually unsolved we're creating agitation to drive you towards that that desire to implement a solution and what's the best result what if the solution is faster and easier than expected Right. So um, what's what's going to get us, you know, how's how's it going to feel if we have this be a raging success? And then a question that I added personally to the impact filter, actually, after reading uh, Dan Sullivan's other book, Who Not How. Well, he has a few books, but after reading Who Not How, who can help or lead this? Uh, who are the stakeholders in the project and who will take ownership of the solution. And that may be you, right? You may be the owner or there may be specific a specific person on the team. Uh, like this process can be used for any project that you want to complete. But again, here we're just, we're aiming at the biggest problem, creating a planned solution to the biggest problem. Um, and we're trying to define who is going to be the, the ultimate owner of this project and then different people can be owners of different components, their own contribution to this, right? But who is the ultimate owner that is going to, uh, you know, who's the captain of the team for this particular project? Okay, 
So, so far we've gone through finding the biggest problem, creating a planned solution. Now we need to create a 90 day, I, I said double your profits in the next 90 days, so let's create a 90 day action plan based on the solution. So 90 days is roughly equivalent to 12 weeks and I'm getting the inspiration for this process for the 12 week year or from the 12 week year. You could definitely uh, check out that book if you want more of a granular approach to this part of the process. But um, what we're gonna do is we're, and, and I, like, I like this on a spreadsheet. So on the left-hand side, we're gonna have the success criteria. Across the top, we're gonna have week one, week two, week three, week three, four, all the way up to week 12. And actually 90 days is one day short of 13 weeks. So you can put a week 13 there for any kind of wrap up or just celebration and like breathing and taking a break, right? Um, but you, you want the spreadsheet where you have the success criteria listed on one side, the weeks across the top, and then you can check off the boxes where they meet, right? As you get done with the success criteria, um, the, the components of that that are required during during each week of the process. So um, we're gonna we're gonna transform our our uh, our solution, our potential solution, into an action plan. So we want to list out the success criteria. What has to be true? Is there an order in which they have to be accomplished? Right. So we we already did as part of that that impact filter. We already listed the success criteria. We defined what needs to be done for the total project to be done. Right. So is there an order in which they have to be accomplished? So for example, if you're creating a video sales letter funnel, the copy has to be written before your video production team can get in there, or before the the person who is the voice of the video sales letter can actually speak the script, right? So there's going to be different things that have to be done in order so that you can achieve the ultimate outcome at the end, right? So take your success criteria, you put them in order, and then you have to ask yourself, how long will each take? And this can be, this is probably the biggest challenge of the process, like how much actual work is required. The reality is that, um, the amount of focused work that's required for most tasks when you break them down in a granular way is probably much lower than estimates. But the amount of time that a task takes when you incorporate all the procrastination, especially from lack of clarity or um, the, the negative emotions that come with like not really knowing what to do and having a lack of direction, like all that procrastination makes it take way longer, right? But you want to be as accurate as possible. So maybe writing the copy, maybe you can you can break down the writing the copy, and um, having a plan for the copy and three versions of the lead can happen within two weeks. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a research phase that's one week. There's a plan for the copy and um, and th three leads uh, in the next week, and then. Maybe the body copy can be completed within two, three weeks. And then maybe copy edits can be completed within one more week. Uh, so at that point, we're up to six weeks for the copywriting. And um, you know maybe it's faster, maybe it's slower, I don't know. But the idea here is that you want to identify what different um, aspects are going to take what period of time in terms of weeks, right? Where they're following um, so in that, in that order, maybe 
Week two is the research. Week three is the plan for the copy and the three leads. Week four, five, and six is drafting the copy. And week seven is editing the copy. Okay, so suddenly we have that part of this bigger project laid out over the course of the 12 weeks, right? Um, and I guess that I kind of skip forward here. We want to assign the weeks as due dates. What has to be done when within the 12 weeks? Okay, we define that. We have to define what has to be done and when. Um, and then assign ownership of results. So who's ultimately responsible for making sure each item is done to an acceptable standard? So there is going to be a person who is like the captain of the team, right? Um, and that person is going to be the person who, who asks the, the people who are owning specific tasks whether or not they're achieving that goal, right? So the, the person who owns the entire project may not be the copywriter, but they're going to, the copywriter is going to ultimately be responsible for those different items that I listed, right? And so you want to define who's ultimately responsible. And then that copywriter may actually be getting help from other people, right? Or a different part of the process. You could have someone that is responsible for, who takes ownership of the, um, the website design and development, but that person might not be the person who's actually doing the design and development. They may actually have a developer that works with them and a designer that works with them. And their responsibility is for the uh, making sure the item is done to an acceptable standard. And then they are going to delegate the things that are necessary to check that off is done for the week. Okay, so at this point, ideally you've laid out a spreadsheet or whatever tracking mechanism you're gonna use. You could have a piece of paper on the wall where on one side is the things that need to be done, right? In the order they need to be accomplished. And then across the top is the weeks, the 12 weeks, right? Or 13th week. Um, and then each item should have a checkbox or it should be highlighted for when it needs to be worked on and when it needs to be done by, right? And so, you know, something that's gonna take less than one week, it may just have that one checkbox. If it's gonna take three weeks, it may have checkboxes in all three weeks. I like to highlight the due date week um, just because that allows more clarity around that, right? So we're gonna create this 90-day action plan based on the solution, but, 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 we're gonna, even though we feel really good right now and what we just did probably sped up the success of the project by at least 20% because having that clear written action plan does that, we haven't actually started executing yet, right? So we're starting week one. Um, or maybe we call this week two uh, because week one was making sure that our full plan was in order. So week two uh, or week one, whatever, we're gonna start executing. So this is weekly execution. It's based on the priority for each week. We want to make sure everyone has their weekly plan, uh, that their expectations are clear for what they're expected to, to accomplish during the week, that they know, okay, you have ownership of this task. And hopefully they got involved and said, yes, I'm, I'm willing to take ownership of this task, right? Uh, but based on the priority for each week, you want to make sure everyone has their weekly plan in place. And by the way, this works for one person. Like if you're a solopreneur, if you're running your own business, if you're just trying to work on projects that are going to make a big difference for the long run, you can do this exact same process for yourself. All of this ownership and responsibility and stuff, yes, that matters if you have a team, but if there's not a team, 
Um, you can certainly follow this own process for yourself. But based on the priority for each week, make sure that everyone has a weekly plan for what they're going to do and ensure that everyone has the resources that they need to complete their own responsibilities. So, so um, if, if someone is assigned with, for example, uh, doing the research required to write a video sales letter, you have a copywriter on the team and uh, they're assigned with that. Well, prior to that, or during that week, preferably very early during that week, they need they need everything possible um, in terms of the research, in terms of the product, in terms of the the market, in terms of all of that. They need all the possible research resources and access to products and all of that that is required for them to do their research, right? And so everyone needs to have the resources they need to complete their own responsibilities. And then you get into daily execution. Each person should be responsible. And, and the person who is the captain of the team can check in on a daily basis. That's a smart thing to do. Um, but the person who is the captain of the team, uh, well, okay, no. Each person on a daily basis is responsible to complete the work daily as needed to get their weekly responsibilities done. And so you may have a weekly responsibility and you may be able to do like 90% of it on Monday and that's great. Like get it done, get it out of the way, right? Um, but you need to do whatever is required throughout the week to make sure you hit your weekly responsibility, your weekly goals, uh, because it's part of this bigger 12-week plan. And when needed on a daily basis, remember, seek help from your team, from leadership, from whoever is able to provide the, the support and assistance that you need. So that's the execution. As you're going through, especially the, the, the captain of the team here needs to monitor and adjust the plan as needed. This is step five. Um, so there should be a weekly check-in. What got done from the previous week? Is anything still outstanding? Did you run into any roadblocks? What needs to get done this week to stay on track? Here we're defining the next weekly plan, right? Does the plan need to be adjusted based on progress? And that's forward or backward, right? You could be, um, you could easily you know, knock a bunch of things out and perhaps, perhaps somebody, you get to like week three and one part of the project is already ahead at week five. Well, do we need to adjust the entire plan uh, so that every, so that somebody's not sitting on their, their hands from week three to week five waiting for the next responsibility? Or um, do we need to compress some of the work into the later weeks because people maybe had a slow start or somebody was sick and they were out and unable to, to take care of their weekly responsibilities for a week or whatever it is, right? Does the plan need to be adjusted based on the progress? And then for ongoing plan ma management, you know, if you set this 12-week goal and you have that finish line out there, as you're approaching the, the deadline, the finish line, um, then you want to reinforce the urgency to meet the goals, right? And, and just sprint towards that finish line. Uh, you, you set this plan, hopefully you got buy-in from your entire team as you were going through the early parts of the process, and then you go because your goal is to get across that finish line. And by the way, by the way, so much of this, like, so much of this is based on you knowing the activities that lead to results, right? And so, for example, um, launching... Uh, Running a, a testing a bunch of uh, specific advertising campaigns. If you have a conversion system and the economics in place, testing a bunch of advertising campaigns to drive traffic into that may be exactly what you need, right? 
or it could be um, you know, reaching out to specific prospects. There could be a 12-week goal for that, maybe something that's more recurring, do on a weekly basis. Or there's a lot of different things that can be the, the leading indicators of success, whereas we often think of success in terms of the lagging indicators. So the lagging indicators are things like revenue and new clients and all of that. Uh, the leading indicators are how many intro calls, well, intro calls booked could actually be a lagging indicator, but um, it can also be a leading indicator too, because it's not necessarily the revenue yet. And so um, how many people did you reach out to? How much did you spend on ad? How many uh, different ad campaigns did you test or ads did you test? Like all of these different things. What we're trying to do early on in this project is to define the leading activities and leading indicators that are going to lead to the solution that we are after, the solution to this big problem. And, um, and, and so, so much of this is about doing the things that lead to the results and the results come because we have a good sense of what it takes to generate those results. We just don't execute as effectively as we could. So um, that brings us all to step six. Um, assuming we got you know through all 12 weeks, at the end of step five, step six is rinse and repeat. Repeat this process as needed for each big problem, challenge, desire, opportunity that you have. Uh, I would encourage you for the first one to not try to bite off more than you can chew, to minimize the number of problems that you want to tackle the first time through because uh, one of the big problems that you are trying to tackle the first time through is following the process, right? Um, but then after that, you may be able to handle projects involving two or three, or two or three projects designed to solve problems at a time over the course of 12 weeks. So my call to action for you at the end of this is ask yourself how you can use this. Um, is this a process that you want to follow in your business? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get more content like this delivered to you. And if you are interested in knowing more about my fractional CMO service, I uh, do especially well with direct response marketers in the $5 million to $50 million range who use online marketing, digital marketing, um, you know, driving paid traffic, having copy driven conversion systems, you know, doing different levels of, of offers based on the customer lifecycle. All of those things um, are opportunities for me to get in there and really help you out. Um, and I do offer an intro call to see if we might be a fit. I'll include a link in the description to that. All right, I'm Roy Fur, this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. I hope you've gotten a ton of value out of this and go out there and do what it takes to achieve whatever goal you want in your business, to solve the big problems, to double your profits, to achieve what you want for your business in your life. And I'll catch you again in the next episode. See you soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.